European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 43, Issue 24. Focus Issue, Acute Cardiovascular Care, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Filippo Crea. Read to you by Morgan Bryan. Antiplatelet Treatment of Acute Coronary Syndromes. Novel Clinical and Translational Perspectives. This focus issue on acute cardiovascular care contains the special article entitled Data Standards for Acute Coronary Syndrome and Percutaneous Coronary Intervention The European Unified Registries for Heart Care Evaluation and Randomized Trials, or EUROHEART, by Gorav Batra and colleagues from the Uppsala University in Sweden. Standardized data definitions are essential for monitoring and benchmarking the quality of care and patient outcomes in observational studies and randomized control trials. There are no contemporary pan-European data standards for acute coronary syndrome, or ACS, and percutaneous coronary intervention, or PCI. The European Unified Registries for Heart Care Evaluation and Randomized Trials, or EuroHeart Project, of the European Society of Cardiology, or ESC, aim to develop such data standards for ACS and PCI. Following a systematic review of the literature on ACS and PCI data standards, an evaluation of contemporary ACS and PCI registries, they undertook a modified Delphi process involving clinical and registry experts from 11 European countries, as well as representatives from relevant ESC associations, including the European Association of Percutaneous Cardiovascular Interventions, or EAPCI, and Acute Cardiovascular Care, or ACVC. This resulted in final sets of 68 and 84 mandatory variables and several catalogues of optional variables for ACS and PCI, respectively. Data definitions were provided for these variables, which have been programmed as the basis for continuous registration of individual patient data in the online EuroHeart IT platform. By means of a structured process and the interaction with major stakeholders, internationally harmonized data standards for ACS and PCI have been developed. In the context of the EuroHeart project, this will facilitate country-level quality of care improvement, international observational research, registry-based randomized trials, and post-marketing surveillance of devices and pharmacotherapies. Cardiac biomarkers have a strong value for diagnosis and monitoring of major cardiac diseases, with the examples of high-sensitivity cardiac troponin-1 and high-sensitivity cardiac troponin-T for ACS, and B-type natriuretic peptide, or BNP, and N-terminal pro-B-type natriuretic peptide, or NT-pro-BNP, for heart failure. In a Viewpoint article entitled Interferences with Cardiac Biomarker Assays, Understanding the Clinical Impact, Arnaud Nevremont and colleagues from the Clinique Universitaire Saint-Luc and Université Catholique de Louvain in Brussels, Belgium, note that their main weakness remains the susceptibility of analytical interference. Indeed, each of these tests can be impaired by interferences, leading to incorrect results with potentially life-threatening consequences. The optimization of assays, as well as the continuous education and communication between clinical laboratories and physicians, 
remain key factors to limit the real threat of analytical interferences. The Global Registry of Acute Coronary Events, or GRACE, score was developed to evaluate risk in patients with ACS with or without ST segment elevation. In a clinical research article entitled Ethnicity-Dependent Performance of the Global Registry of Acute Coronary Events Risk Score for Prediction of Non-ST Segment Elevation Myocardial Infarction in Hospital Mortality, Nationwide Cohort Study. Sadiq Moladina and colleagues from Keel University in Stoke-on-Trent, UK, indicate that little is known about its performance at predicting in-hospital mortality for ethnic minority patients. The authors identified 326,160 admissions with non-ST segment elevation myocardial infarction, or NSTEMI, in the Myocardial Infarction National Audit Project, or MINAP, 2010-2017, including white, N equaling 299,184, and ethnic minorities excluding white minorities, N equaling 26,976. They calculated the GRACE score for in-hospital mortality and assessed ethnic group baseline characteristics by low, intermediate and high risk. The performance of the GRACE risk score was estimated by discrimination, area under the receiver operating characteristic curve or AUC, and calibration, calibration plots. Ethnic minorities presented younger and had increased prevalence of cardiometabolic risk factors in all GRACE risk groups. The GRACE risk score for white, AUC 0.87, and ethnic minority, AUC 0.87 patients, had good discrimination. However, whilst the GRACE risk model was well calibrated in white patients, expected to observed in-hospital death rate ratio 0.99, slope 1.00, it overestimated risk in ethnic minority patients, expected to observed in hospital death rate ratio 1.29 slope 0.94. Moldina et al. conclude that the GRACE risk score provides good discrimination overall for in-hospital mortality, but is not well calibrated and overestimates risk for ethnic minorities with NSTEMI. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Francois Schiele and Nicolas Menevo from the University Hospital of Besançon in France. The authors of this provocative editorial highlight that we may just have to accept that a risk score for predicting mortality in ACS, however well validated, calibrated or accurate it may be, is no longer necessary for the management of NSTEMI in the context of today's antithrombotic and interventional strategies. Double antiplatelet therapy plays a key role in the treatment of ACS. Post-ACS P2Y12 inhibitor non-adherence is common and associated with greater risk of major adverse cardiovascular events, or MACEs. Non-adherence can follow different trajectories, from an inability to initiate, implement, or continue therapy for the intended duration. In a clinical research article entitled P2Y12 inhibitor adherence trajectories in patients with acute coronary syndrome undergoing percutaneous coronary intervention. Prognostic implications. 
Ricky Turgeon and colleagues from the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, aim to evaluate P2Y12 inhibitor adherence trajectories among ACS patients treated with PCI, their frequency, and association with MACE. The authors conducted a cohort study of adults discharged alive after PCI for ACS, 2012 to 2016, using the Alberta Provincial Project for Outcome Assessment in Coronary Heart Disease Registry, linked with administrative data. The primary outcome was P2Y12 inhibitor adherence trajectory in the year after PCI assessed using group-based trajectory modeling. They used logistic regression and Cox proportional hazards regression to assess associations of trajectories with risk factors and maces. A total of 12,844 patients were included, mean age 62 years, 24% female, and five trajectories were identified. Early consistent non-adherence, 11%. Rapid decline, 7.7%. Delayed initiation, 6%. Gradual decline, 20.5%. And persistent adherence, 54.8%. Compared with persistent adherence, Rapid decline, hazard ratio or HR 1.23, and delayed initiation, HR 1.41, were associated with higher MACE in the overall cohort, whereas early consistent non-adherence was associated with higher MACE only in the subgroup receiving a drug-eluting stent, HR 2.44. Turgeon and colleagues conclude that after PCI for ACS, Patients follow one of five distinct P2Y12 inhibitor adherence trajectories. Rapid decline and delayed initiation are associated with a higher risk of MACE, whereas early consistent non-adherence is only associated with higher MACE risk in patients with a drug-eluting stent, or DES. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Yaling Han and Yang Li from the General Hospital of Northern Theatre Command in Shenyang, China. The authors conclude that the data published in the article will be helpful to evaluate trajectories of adherence to P2Y12 inhibitors among patients with ACS treated with PCI and the association with MACE. But the lack of detailed information on patients, the individualized time of P2Y12 inhibitor discontinuation, the causal relationship between bleeding and non-adherence, as well as types of P2Y12 inhibitors and DES, still call for additional large-scale registries specifically examining these points. Performing similar studies in different geographic areas may also be useful to evaluate the impact of socioeconomic factors on P2Y12 inhibitor adherence trajectories. Despite these unknowns, the present study represents a valuable contribution to the identification of five distinct trajectories of P2Y12 inhibitor adherence, risk factors for P2Y12 inhibitor non-adherence trajectories, and the association of P2Y12 inhibitor trajectory with MACE and major bleeding. Platelet activation plays a key role in the pathogenesis of acute coronary syndromes. Adverse cardiovascular events have day-stroke-night patterns with peaks in the morning potentially related to endogenous circadian clock control of platelet activation. Circadian nuclear receptor reverb alpha is an essential and negative component of the circadian clock, 
in a translational research article entitled Circadian Nuclear Receptor Reverb Alpha is expressed by platelets and potentiates platelet activation and thrombus formation. Yan Feng Shi and colleagues from the Shanghai Jiao Tong University in China point out that to date, the expression profile and biological function of reverb alpha in platelets have never been reported. Here the authors report the presence and functions of circadian nuclear receptor reverb alpha in human and mouse platelets. Both human and mouse platelet reverb alpha showed a circadian rhythm that positively correlated with platelet aggregation. Global reverb alpha knockout and platelet-specific reverb alpha knockout mice exhibited impaired hemostasis as assessed by prolonged tail bleeding times. Reverb alpha deletion also reduced ferric chloride-induced carotid arterial occlusion thrombosis, prevented collagen stroke epinephrine-induced pulmonary thromboembolism, and protected against microvascular microthrombi obstruction and infarct expansion in the acute myocardial infarction model. In vitro thrombus formation, assessed by CD41 labeled platelet fluorescent intensity, was significantly reduced in reverb alpha knockout mice blood. Platelets from reverb alpha knockout mice exhibited impaired antagonist induced aggregation responses, integrin alpha 2b beta 3 activation, and alpha granule release. Consistently pharmacological inhibition of reverb alpha by specific antagonists decreased platelet activation markers in both mouse and human platelets. Mechanistically, mass spectrometry and co-immunoprecipitation analyses revealed that reverb alpha potentiated platelet activation by oligophrenin-1-mediated Rho-A stroke ERM or Ezrin stroke radixin stroke moacin pathway. The authors conclude that they provide the first evidence that circadian protein reverb alpha is functionally expressed in platelets and potentiates platelet activation and thrombus formation. Reverb alpha may serve as a novel therapeutic target for managing thrombosis-based cardiovascular disease. This contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Simon Tual Shalo and Konstantinos Stelos from the Newcastle University in Newcastle-upon-Time in the United Kingdom. The authors note that the discovery of clock elements in platelets lays the foundation for a novel chronopharmacological-based antiplatelet therapy to inhibit or ameliorate acute thrombotic events. Future studies are needed to ascertain the relevance of the circadian platelet clock and its target genes and explain the time-dependent onset of ACS. While Shallow and Stelos believe that from now on, future drug development should also consider the drug target's circadian rhythmicity and metabolism throughout the 24-hour day. The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled, An attempt to better show some results, such as the comparison of mortality and major adverse cardiovascular events between the abnormal and normal coronary flow reserve cohorts. Wu Yong, Zhou and colleagues from the Hangzhou TCM Hospital, affiliated to the Zhejiang Chinese Medical University in China, comment on the recent publication, Coronary Flow Reserve and Cardiovascular Outcomes, Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis, by Mihir Kalshika and colleagues from Imperial College London in the United Kingdom. 
Kalshika et al. respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that the listeners of this issue of the European Heart Journal will find it of interest.